0: SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen.
1: All right, thanks for those WhatsApp voice notes that you sent through uh, as part of your contributions to our open line. Let me welcome onto the show for our next conversation looking at the voices of women in politics and reflecting on what are the challenges, right, that lead to such little representation of women at the highest level of politics. Mandisa Mashero, a spokesperson of Abandu Batu Congress, Uh, she joins us in studio. In fact, she's nodding her head vociferously. She's saying that that, in fact, is not the case. Mandisa, I apologize for that. Good morning and thank you so much for
2: joining us today. Good morning. Morning, Cathy. It's always great to see you every August. I see you at least once a year and that's during August. Well, <laughs> <laughs> i not sure what I it know means. Th- I, th- I know you're throwing me under the bus. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> Let me welcome again also onto the show Nomsa Makesi, former DAMP. Um, Nomsa, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning.
3: Uh, good morning, Cathy, and uh, good morning to your listeners, and thank you for the invite.
1: And Kwanita Hunter is Assistant Editor, Politics and Opinions at News24. Juanita, good morning.
4: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for having me.
1: Firstly, I want to begin with getting the perspective of Mandisa and Nomsa because you're both... the experience of having been or or still being actively involved um in politics in this country and one of the things i was pointing to earlier is the fact that you look at you know the brick summit that was held this past week all of the pictures that you hear that you have it's men 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 everywhere um and the image that it conjured up for me was when I was looking at the multi party gathering and when they were signing that agreement um, in, in, in the east of Johannesburg a few weeks ago. <laughs> it was just men, men, men. The female that was, you know, the, the, the female that played a prominent role there was in fact directing the occasion. You know, She was moderating and making sure that she, she was making announcements and facilitating the process of questions. But there wasn't a woman who was in a leadership position that was represented there. Why do we still have such little representation of, of women in, in politics?
2: I don't know if I make yes my book yes first go here. Ahead. My, my biggest problem is the representation question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not the spokesperson of Ubuntu, yes. I was helping the party. Okay. initially to establish, so I'm not part of their operational or any other. I was uh, assisting them strategically with policy development and uh, various other. Um, I would say professional. Components or aspects of establishing a political party. So, I'm not uh, operational in the party, and I don't think my membership is active at the moment. Um, but of course, I'm not a um, I'm not uh, anti politics per se. But I'm back in my own business and. I think um, I'm resettling in the the corporate environment, which is, I think, my natural environment. Sometimes we confuse leadership capability with, uh, you know, where we need to deploy that capability in order to contribute towards society. The biggest problem is representation with our society and the politics of representation... I would say, and that's really my view based on my experience and my perspective and, you know, work that we've done. You know, we want the case with the New Nation Movement in the Concord um, to move away from this representation thing. And I know it's going to be very political because some people say, okay, you need quotas and all of that in the process now of trying to... Balance power relations, economic power, social power. So the political power issue falls within the social power basis. But the social power area is influenced and directly impacted by the economic power um, environment. So you can't divorce the two, they're interrelated. And so um, when analyzing and and, and looking at this very worrying situation of us as women um, not being represented, that's for me the first problem. Why do we want to be represented uh, and that could be an unfair question, but it's a reality, and I think it's a fact, and I think it's part of the moving on and developing ourselves and independence-seeking, posturing that we need to now start harnessing a lot more actively as women and embracing the reality and the truth of power relations in the world, which is what I'm saying, that economic power relations or the economic status is what determines women's um. However, there are social indicators that are used to determine the status of women in society, also vice versa. Say, for instance, in an unequal society, you tend to find more crimes against women. In a society that's going through a transition like South Africa, you'll definitely find more crime. Definitely in societies where women are being deliberately um, empowered through the representation ideology, through the law and all of that, BEE, affirmative action, this and that, um, you also then find a big um, fight against that... um, you know, um, uh, you know, a pursuit of of independence and autonomy by women um, that then represents itself through violence, rape, molestation of children, etc., etc. It's almost like a, a, an unspoken. A meeting that men hold and say, no, we are not agreeing to this. In my house, you will dress like this, you will go on your knees, you'll do this and you'll do that. In my company, a woman can only do X, Y, Z. She will not be the chair of the board, she will not be the CEO, she won't be CFO, she won't be COO. We can put her in marketing, HR and all the soft rules. In politics, it's then even worse, the crassness of the economic you know, um, repression of women in society, black women in particular, African women in particular. And there are scientific and very mathematical reasons that demonstrate numbers that you can look at. Every piece of research you look at into the economic situation in South Africa demonstrates to you that black women are right at the bottom. It doesn't matter whether you go to the economic space, the political space, but in politics, because politics, in politics, you know, our... Let's say our veils of diplomacy when we are with ourselves as people who are in political parties, those who are still active in political parties, those veils come off and the crassness and the the true crassness of the situation comes to the fore where people are fighting to be voted for, etc. Now it's a social space, presumably. But what really happens, it's the money. That exchanges hands at conferences, especially for dominant political parties who are governing or are in coalition or voting arrangements, whatever they want to call it. Um, that's where you then see um, the crassness of the of human nature, where even women themselves participate in, um, shall I call it, decampaigning one another, right? Why? Not because they really hate each other. Because women understand now in their minds and in their consciousness even when they are sleeping that men have power and, and 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 power belongs to men they they fully understand that the last few hundred years of colonial dispossession and colonial corruption of our own way of life in in africa economically and socially has demonstrated many many times to women that you dare not try to get your own power. You dare not try and challenge and contest men for power especially in the economic space and therefore because we're not in charge in the economic space we are not in charge of the social spaces and that is why in the social spaces we are so brutalized. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easier for I think even child molesters, psychopaths and sociopaths to molest girl children. I'm not saying boy children don't get molested. They also get molested but the higher number of molestation will always be with a feminine figure um and and you can take that up to whatever age right, right. mandisa i'll give you a, an
1: opportunity to contribute to continue with your contributions in a moment let me bring in nomsa nomsa i'd also love to hear from you your reflections on why um what we're dealing with is the status quo uh th- thank you kathy
3: um I think, first of all, uh, I would like to to state that rising Zansi, we believe in the principle that uh, all people are equal and deserve equal rights and opportunities. And hence, the reason that I decided to join uh, this new political movement. And it is seeing that uh, within their own structures that they have deliberately made sure that the majority of our provincial leaders and leaders are women. And that has been a deliberate and emphasizes on our belief of inherent qualities of women in leadership. It is not just about meeting quotas or just hitting numbers. And the reason why I want to bring this is that I come from an institution in parliament, which you might actually remember, or you might be aware of this information, that in 1994 in parliament, it was discovered that, Parliament has only one female toilet, and that symbolizes the structural and systemic exclusion of women from power within power in Parliament itself. It actually revealed that the institution was structurally and systematically sexist, and we are not only seeing this um, globally because it is a global issue. I mean, what we saw in bricks is an actual representation of what uh, how women are treated across the globe so there is no real understanding that women have to sit on the table and contribute and to say that women don't have power i think it's incorrect women have power we've seen the women of 1956 that they brought government into its knees to ensure that they are heard. So we have to take the opportunities and make sure that we are included in each and every conversation, in each and every discussion that involves women and that involves everyone within a society. All right. Um, and also, you know, that also also brings on the issue of the moonshot uh, pact, and it is the latest example of how women are still excluded from power in South Africa, and unfortunately, this is a testament that sexism in parliament still exists, as I've already said.
1: All right, Nomsa, thanks for that contribution, Kanita. You, as a, an editor who works w- hmm. specifically on the politics beat, I think the observations that you have around what goes on behind the scenes, especially in as far as it relates to women in leadership positions, in political organizations, because that's where it needs to begin, right? As long as the, the, that representation within the political units is, is, is absent, there's no way it's going to translate um, beyond that. So, so what are your observations on this conversation?
4: Kathy, yeah, the facade is over. The facade that existed around, you know, inclusion of women and you know, we'll, we'll 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 make sure that a woman's voice is represented in political space. Um, it seems like even the attempt to fake it is is completely uh, uh over. And that the crassness, um, as Mandisa mentioned, of uh um the you know, the patriarchy that persists is so blatant that there isn't an attempt to even try to protect. Anymore, so 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 we 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 live in a world where um, there is a, a, a you know a, a massive summit that basically uh, alters geopolitics in so many ways. Yet uh, uh, there is you know o- almost no. Uh, uh, formidable female speaker let alone leader that's standing on that stage um uh, and and you know you're pointed to the one uh, you know kind of the, the narrative of the rose among the thorns in the form of you know minister of international relations and the lady pando but the fact that we've become so comfortable with these exceptions the fact that at the moonshot pact we appointed to the da sir warube as the you know the rose among the thorns again uh, um Women who have to, uh, you know, sort of break down barriers with their bare hands to just get a uh, um, little space in the back of a room, proverbially speaking, is absolutely outrageous. The thing, what what worries me, is that we have now become uh, almost attuned to it, so that again, like I said. Uh, there's no longer an effort to even keep up a facade of inclusion of women in decision making and in the top echelons of um, of power. If we going into an election, South Africa is going into an election. Last time around, forty eight political parties contested. This year, there would be independent candidates, so more people contesting. Look at the amount of parties that have be, will be represented by women. Not even a dozen of more than fifty. Um, and so there's something fundamentally flawed around our political discourse. I think that we can attribute it to two things. Firstly, the superficial inclusion of women, so that when you have situations where, for example, in the majority party, um, y- you know there were conversations around gender parity, um, that women were put in positions, in, in important positions, or included in lists, to the you know top echelons of the of the party and also in parliament, on the back of their proximity or as sponsors of 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 male leaders. Right. So that, that's where the, the first part of it, the superficial inclusion of women. And the second part of it is that that re- resignation by some woman uh, in the political sphere that this is a man's world um, and we just have to play by the rules. And so when you have a seminal uh, uh, um, summit like we did last week in South Africa, uh, we, we had to almost, uh, you know, dig out. Uh, the female uh, politicians and or, 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 or the female voices um in terms of of um uh you know uh, um uh, the, the the representation there but Kathy just as a last point it's not as if women, in government and in politics are not doing the heavy lifting. If you look at like that summit, for example, the head of uh, the, the 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 person who was responsible for, for coordinating the police response was a woman, the deputy uh, commissioner for policing. Um, the person who's responsible for uh, protocol, which is an important element of BRICS, um Ambassador Ambassador Lossi, a woman, um, Naledi Pondo, as I mentioned. But the reality of it is that they constantly um you know are put to the back and their male politicians are are, 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 are promoted their male counterparts are pushed forward and that i think is um is is fundamentally what what continues mm. uh, uh, this 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 depiction of 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 you know it's a it's a it's a it's all males club.
1: All right. So quite a lot then that um, our speakers and contributors uh, to this conversation have set and laid as a foundation. It's ten thirty. We're going to continue the conversation after the latest news headlines. I'll also take your calls and contributions to uh, some of the issues that they have raised.
0: SAFM is celebrating its 87th birthday and what better way to celebrate than with you Our loyal listener. We will be giving away 8,700 Rand to 10 lucky listeners during the month of August. To stand a chance of winning, stay tuned to SAFM and SMS the keyword SAFM 87 followed by your name to 41391 and listen to the station throughout the day where you can be selected a winner. SMSs are charged at one Rand per SMS. Free SMSs and SMS bundles do not apply. Terms and conditions Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM.
1: We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're looking at the role of women in politics and in particular in as far as it relates to the representation of women at a leadership level within political parties, and I think just more broadly within political frameworks. Uh, Our guests this morning, Mandisa Mashiro, uh, Nomsa Makesi, and Kanita Hunter. So one of the things I want us to do is perhaps put a little bit more meat to how all of you have outlined the the structural challenges, really, um, that you believe lead to the exclusion of women, right? Let's talk about the experiences so one assumes that when you see women that are part of organizations that all those women have equal opportunity to rise up and occupy um leadership levels within the organization. But the sense I'm getting is that that's not the case. Kanita describes it as a facade and says that the attempt to even fake the representation of women that that facade has come, you know, has come down, that 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 stage is over. So what is the experience of women in political parties? that leads to that? And I'm going to ask you that question more generally because you've been part of a lot of political parties, so I think you can bring in that insight, drawing from what your collective experience has been.
2: Yeah. I think the biggest problem, like I was saying, is that political organizations inside of themselves then become a microcosm for the rest of um, the woman's experience and also highlights the best of, you know, the outcomes of our struggles as women and the worst at the same time. Because how power is then conglomerated in political parties is based on being able to amass numbers from your own membership base. I'm not talking from Mm -hmm. a constituency, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. From your own membership base. So you're fighting over power in a ward where you have maybe 200 members and then in that ward. But I think we, 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 we take this conversation a little bit too lightly and a little bit too casually um, for what it actually requires. We require a very concerted effort and um, economic uh, empowerment campaign that women themselves should start and finish. Yes, with the help of men. I'm not saying it should just be a cult of women you know uh, lying to ourselves because we're part of nature we're part of this ecosystem we're part of life we are the female species there's the male species of human beings human beings are equal we're born equal we are not the same but we are equal right and that concept is not very well understood amongst women for some reason this ability to breastfeed and have children and get pregnant has been reduced to what is now called softer roles I'm not Mm -hmm. sure how soft it is how procreation can be classified as soft and just the act of childbirth itself and just the economic clout that you need nowadays to actually have a family and have a functional and sound family because you need resources, financial resources to be able to raise a family. But the thing in the political space is that the representation thing that I was complaining about, I raised that initially to say, my problem is representation because this representation thing has become something that we now, um, it's like a packaged Situation. We need two, three women. Mm. So it becomes quantitative tick box
1: exercise. And
2: it's quantitative. Mm. Mm. Oh no, now we need, uh, let's get two colored women, let's get f- five African women, and let's get one white woman. That's fine. We're going to represent. But who are they representing? What are they representing? Who determines the rules on the criteria for who comes to represent who on what and why? There's absolutely no merit involved. There's no merit. The 1956 March, I want to just contest that point raised by Nomsa, and I really appreciated all the points that Nomsa and, 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 and Kanitha made. But the 1956 March did very little except just to add to the PR of fighting against the Dombas, which was not substantive, which didn't go down to the meat of the problem, which is an economic problem, which is a dispossession problem, and dispossession is very economic. It's an economic exercise when somebody dispossesses you from wherever, because that base is where you made your life, where you produced your food, where you produced your goods, where you had an entire ecosystem of a life. So I don't, do not, definitely don't agree. You might say Charlotte Matlaga's march in 1913 might have been an economic march because she was fighting like the women in Nigeria who fought to preserve their their access of the uses of the markets in the early 1920s when colonial dispossession was starting to have a, a very formidable and very clearly defined effect on our societies. When she said, no, we are being taken away from our land In African um, way of life, we women are the farmers, like in India. We mostly, it's the women who are farming and preserving seeds and making sure seeds are good and healthy for the next future generations. So if you remove us from our land, how are we going to make clothes? How are we going to make food? How are we going to... Our entire life is centered around this land. That was the genuine march by Charlotte MacLeague that nobody ever talks about. I'm not saying the 1956 march was useless. No, I'm not trashing it. We must not listen defensively. We must listen to add to each other. And this is the problem with women. When we get into an engagement, we, are, we might be intellectually smart and all of that, but we're not practical. We don't understand that this game is a war. Right we we are still stuck in this mode that men must accommodate us Men don't have to accommodate us anymore. We have equal human rights and equal international, local, and all sorts of rights. We can fight to create our own spaces. We can fight in the economic space and use the very same laws that are used to patronize us. I fully agree. We were watching Bricks. One of the things I was sharing on my WhatsApp status is that plane after plane of these presidents that were landing with journalists, business people, and all sorts of packaged people that were on their planes, of course, to come to Bricks were men galore. Then there was this very crass thing happening on TikTok where there were women whom I thought, I don't know whether they are prostitutes, I don't know if that's the right word, or sex workers. I don't know. I'm assuming they were because of their posturing and the videos that they were posting. That, hey, guys, as I my first ladies. Another very deep-seated problem, psycho, you know, symptomatic disease that we have about how we've positioned and how we've mm-hmm. accepted our subserviency to men economically and otherwise and therefore we start fighting to be the first lady to be the woman who's put first on the party list system. Uh, the woman who is now appointed to come and act as a CEO, clean up the mess and then leave once you have cleaned it up because then the men come back, mess mm-hmm. it up, then they want a woman to clean up. Um, how women say and do things and create innovations, knowledge, intellectual capacity all sorts of things and men still those and make those their IPs. We are in an economic battle. And continuously, you know, I, I I heard the Methodist church once, when you're single, you've never been married, you wouldn't be allowed to be in the woman's this and that. How all oh, our entire existence is about fighting for representation given by who? By men. For what? We don't know. Just to be ip so umfazi. But what is our real direct impact? Can we get our own power? Can we get our own money? If I start a party tomorrow and I would love to, I was telling lots of people asking me, when are you coming back? I'm like, do you have a hundred million rand? To give me, can you go to all these women about Tephninkosi and all these women, Chlorella? Ask them to give me a hundred million rand. I'll build that power tomorrow. I don't. I'm not scared of the ground, but You're I'm right. scared of the ground without resources.
1: I want to bring Nomsa back into the question, back into the conversation. And Nomsa, th- the same question I posed to Mandisa, I'll put to you about where you believe the challenge. Within political structures, in particular, political parties, lies for women. Actually, the, the
3: idea of uh, I agree with Mandisa about uh, and um, what has been said about representation. Uh, often, we hear of people say, um, even taking it further to say, men can represent women in any platform. While it is true that anyone can empathise with the struggle struggles of others. However, it is important to remember that the lived experience is more powerful because you have walked the walk and you have felt the pain. Therefore, it is important that as women, we take the positions of leadership in all spheres of society, not just in politics. You know, uh, as African women, we, when we didn't have electricity, African women will go and collect wood. When we didn't have sanitation, African women will go to a river and collect water. But yet today, when better systems and better technologies are in place, women are put aside. We don't benefit economically in from any of those entities. And it is been like that and it's been systematic all the time in every situation, women can come up with ideas men take over. And also the other thing that I've also observed is that if you are in a room with women and you have one man leading or, or maybe, you know, being part on equal footing and you decide to say, okay, we're going to need somebody to lead us, women inadvertently will choose a man to do that. So it is, I think I agree with Mandisa. It is actually the psychology of that to say we are not good enough. I think that's something that we need to work on as women, that you always feel that we are not good enough, we are not articulate enough, uh, we are not strong enough because we are feminine. And it's not only imposed, that idea is not only imposed by men. We amongst ourselves will also, believe that we are not strong and yet we don't deserve the, the positions of power or even positions in um, in, uh, in in office. And also, sometimes we also find ourselves in a situation whereby we say, um, let's give a woman a position. I think that's exactly what Manis was saying, that we give a woman a position in an environment, in a system that is already designed by men for men with their ideals, and we expect women to excel in that environment without actually looking at the systems of how we can be able to empower the woman in order for her to bring her feminine side and, 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 and for the feminine side to be the one that is being used and, and expressed within that organization. Uh, we sort of think that a, a, a woman has to be masculine. We have to be masculine. You have to be strong. Many women who are actually up to today, will get themselves high on the the echelon of of, of leadership. Are men who look and sound masculine because we always believe that uh, the feminine side is just not strong enough. Is unable. It will never be able to achieve. You are too emotional. Therefore, you cannot be able to lead.
1: Yeah, Kwanita, um, I want I want you to come in here uh, because one of the questions that you know sort of is, is 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 ringing my mind right now is that as as Nomsa and and Mandisa are sort of outlining in, in their own ways how how they read the challenge in political um, organizations, then you still have a situation where. Women, by and large, will endorse um, s- some of these decisions that lead to their underrepresentation, or even just lead to them being put in certain positions for the sake of it. Um, and I-, I don't know whether, maybe, as a political reporter, you're aware of of that being challenged behind the scenes, um, and and the role that that plays. In, in in upholding the ecosystem as it is,
4: Kathy. Just one point before I respond sure, to sure, you is sure. that it's not it's not a situation where women are not doing the heavy lifting in the political economic space in South Africa and in the world. Like I I alluded to in my earlier answer is that if you look at BRICS, the pe- the, the the people actually doing the heavy lifting were women in leadership in. Uh, uh um different elements whether it was in the police whether it was in foreign affairs whether it was um in protocol yet it was the men who parachuted themselves forward to the b- b- where we believe it was kele and Bigiqele alone that made sure everything was fine with regards to the safety around the the summit i'm just using that as one example right so the idea and i mean i can take it you know f- To different elements. For example, issues around regulating coalitions. The DA's has been at the forefront of literally pushing through legislation. Yet it was the Deputy President Paul Machatile that sweeps in, holds a national dialogue and gets the claps for it. So, So the point is, is that we don't have a shortage of women doing the work. Women are doing the work. Women are carrying men on our backs. It is a re- a resignation, a despondent resignation. That we have got to do it, whether or not we get uh, our accolades for it or not, whether we get um, claps for it or not. And we've not been getting the applause. And now there's not even an effort to 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 kind of you know even even that 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 little effort of highlighting one or two women that has that has left the space. And so the idea that women are. Uh, you know, uh, are not in these important, high decision making. It's it's wrong. We are there. We're just not given the credit for it. We are just at the end of the day doing all the field work, all the heavy lifting, all of the building for men who come and put their slap, you know, their 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 name on 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 the building once it's already done. And so. The idea is not to say how can we get women into the space. I think South Africa has done well if you just compare us to our our uh, you know other countries in the African continent in that we have women um in these spaces. The issue is about representation about you know where where does where where's your ceiling the barriers um uh, you know uh, and 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 the idea that we 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 uh, the, you know, allow one woman into the the uh, the uh, the door, and then we must shut the door behind her. And so, because. Because we had, uh, you know, uh, in 2017 putting up her hand to be the ANC deputy president candidate, uh, ANC presidential candidate, then it must not be an option for any woman to successfully, uh, contest, uh, an ANC, uh, a top position in the next time. There's this, there's, there's this thing called, you know, moral licensing where we allow one woman into the door. So we, we make her, uh, you know, um, the the the, board, the 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 chairperson of a board but then or or or, or you know or, or make her um you know whether it's you know in 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 um in the political space a chief work, for example but the leader will be a man, and everything around the branding and the, the 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 credit for what a political party does is attributed to the man and not the woman who make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, so I just want to slant, you know, slant the discussion a little bit to say is that it's we are not living in a world that uh where where um you know women are not in these spaces. Like Mandisa said, women are, are in economic spaces. It's just we we've been we've been there. It's just we. Uh, you know don't have the agency to, to 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 own number one and number two to get into the door we have to you know we have to kick and scream and 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 and, and punch and fist our way our way in. And so this idea that, um, uh, you know, we, we, for example, I was listening to the political, uh, the the heads of state uh, and government talking uh, at the opening of the summit, where, where Narendra Modi, uh, the Prime Minister of India, made some reference to, you know, the need of empowering women. Um no no we 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 it it it's not a thing of uh, you know women not uh waiting for men to 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 give us that that that's that seat and i think that we are super hard on ourselves as women to say you know women are not doing this and women are not doing that um uh, but the reality of it is we are working in a completely unfair uh, a patriarchal system where despite us fighting our way in and doing all the heavy lifting men still take the credit for everything and men are still uh uh, uh you know um parachuted to 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 the top right. and so I think, I think what, let us be kinder to women in the sense that we are not, doing the, we are not the victims of ourselves. We are victims of, 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 of um, society because regardless of what uh, the, the patriarchy that persists, women have done everything in our power to make sure we are in these spaces regardless of the challenges that, that face us every day.
1: All right, Kanita, thanks for that. I want to go to KZN, Lorraine, good morning to you.
5: Good morning, Kathy. to you and your guests. And to the lady who wants to form her own political party, kudos to you, sister. Go for it. There's someone out there who's listening. Not me. I'm a pauper. (laughs) As long as you're not going to fade into oblivion like Patricia DeLoe. But all the same. Talking about women. Kathy, I think um, many times women are hamstrung by being not able to voice an honest opinion. We witnessed that with the Joe uh, Gundler. They were splitting vessels, blood vessels in Parliament, and it was actually not amusing. It was actually disgusting for some women who knew the facts as they are, but chose to stand by the ANC party line, and unfortunately, that's what it was. But uh, I have to say, if there's anybody who stood out for me in this year, was uh, Dr. Nkosazani Llanini, who stood up for what she believed was the right thing, and I'm sure she must have known that the odds would have been stacked against her, but that's a true expression of loyalty to the truth, not to a woman and not to a political party. So that's my cue for this morning, and that's my contribution. Um, I now view her with different eyes as compared to before, and, um, yes, L- like Lorraine, say,
1: In relation to, to which situation in particular?
5: When there was a vote, um, you know, that the ANC had uh, publicized on TV, and she was the only member who stood out and voted oh, against. Okay. Yes, okay. that's right. right. Okay. And okay. I truly okay. admired her for that. Whether I, I agreed with what she was representing, I did agree all the same. If you want to vote no, you vote no not what the party dictates to you. Okay. That's the way we're going to build a stronger government for all.
6: Thank you. Bye. All
1: right, Lorraine. Lorraine out in KZN. Ben, you're in Durban. Good morning, Ben. Good
6: morning, ben. Good morning Kathy. Uh, I just want to make a comment and a question to Mandisa. You know, empowering women, and to me, I understand it different. You can not empower someone like a woman. Again, but empowering a girl child is totally different. I'm gonna give. An, and Mandisa said, she said it in Zulan but I pick up what she said. She said that uh, uh, these women, whether they were prostitute or what, they were going to target men. I had a friend who made the, She's the business woman. She, this is what she said that uh, I'm gonna go to Turkey, change my body so that the rich men. Can, you know, uh, to attract to re- men. But if you understand that, really, we're trying to teach women, girls, that you must empower yourself so you can do things for yourself. But it's not just prostitutes. Even uh, women. If, yeah, if,
1: but, then you know, women are allowed to make decisions about their bodies and how they want to look. So let's just try and avoid the temptation of going, you know, in, into that space.
6: But is it the same thing that, uh, that, why should you empower someone? Put her on a position where she, she just wants to be appreciated by men. Is that the purpose of empowering women?
1: Surely that can't be a statement that applies generally across the board for, for every woman, Ben? You know? No. Yeah. I don't...
2: And, and yeah. Mandisa? Thank you so much. Now, I really appreciated all the points that were raised, but here's the point, and I think this is the problem with women, we always misinterpret each other. Corruption, capitalism is essentially corrupt because what capitalism says, it says, I must amass as much of the profit as possible to my own private ownership. And it's up to me what I want to do with my excess. And that's the problem with with, with capitalism not its productivity, not its competitiveness, not its focus on quality and all of that. And so it comes with violence and it comes with a lot of economic repression of those who don't have the means to you know produce goods and services and 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 sell them at a massive profit. And so because of the capitalist system over and above the political system of the colonial domination and disposition that we've had, women have been systemically put in a very weak position both physically, psychologically, etc. And then what makes it worse is a cultural or what I call cultural chauvinism that then came with our own in uh, cultures as africans where the colonial and european cultures that were then imposed on us through the economic uh, dispossession then took over even our cultures and rendered them sexist and misogynistic when they were never really sexist and misogynistic. But what women need to realize is that without money, without us being able to control our own economic spaces, without us having our own dominance, you know, as you have now. I mean, for instance, very few people know how many of the 2,000, almost 700 billionaires in the world, how many are females. No one really cares because everybody's like, oh, they inherited those billions anyway. The reality is that we need to work within a corrupted system all right. and get power for ourselves. We've tried everything. We've tried representation. We've tried being, being, being identified and handpicked by men. It's not working. All right. I'm going to pause you there,
1: Mandisa, because uh, calling us in is Siviwe Gwakube, and, of course, she is the DA Chief Weapon Parliament. She also wants to add her voice to this conversation.
7: Siviwe, good morning. Good morning, Cathy, and good morning to your wonderful panelists.
1: Are you mm. well? I'm well, thank you. Go for it, Siviwe
7: very gripped by the conversation um, and uh, I caught glimpse of it uh, halfway but I thought just to add and I think it's an important conversation as we are wrapping up Women's Month um, and I think we also have to be quite honest about some of the barriers of entry, particularly in the political system um, where I'm in that. So it's one of the, the key things I think uh, there's a number of things I've been thinking about, Kathy, about why it is that we don't have enough women in these spaces or the women we we would like to see rising to prominence in political parties. I think, one, obviously the issues around uh, lists and the fact that, you know, people are not uh, elected directly onto seats as we've, we've seen in other parts of the world, um, there also the other issue is around the having to, once you are in the political party, let's say you do make it all the way through the populace and you're included and you are now, you've got a seat in your security seat. One of the big things that I also find that is is, is very deeply problematic, I think, that a lot of women end up not lasting in political parties, not because they're not strong enough or they don't want to, um, or they don't have the kind of, you know, uh, the spine of steel like their male counterparts, but often the spaces are too toxic, and we haven't done the work of changing uh, political culture in South Africa. They're toxic, whether it is toxic with inter-party or intra-party, but also the space was never designed for women. I mean, I have recently had to fight with the institution of parliament, talking, asking them about um you know something as simple as maternity leave for one of our colleagues and it just reinforced to me once again that the space was not it did not have women in mind when it was it, it was designed so and i think two things that i think are going to be very important i think one we must never stop talking about gender parity even in liberal organizations like ours uh the democratic alliance that does not believe in quotas we need to say well You've got to have uh, gender parity at all costs. And how then do we ensure that we've got a steady stream of capable, strong women who are in a position to be able to be trained and ready to take up leadership positions? And the second thing, Kathy, and the last thing on my side is, as women, and as, as we have seen before, we must consistently and without ceasing, not stop putting our hand up for the main political party positions, not for women's desks, not for women's uh, charters or women's networks, the main political positions, we've got to take those up because that's where we start changing the conversation in our political parties and in the political system as a whole.
1: All right. I'm going to ask you to pause it there. Don't go if if you're able to, because we'll just have to continue this conversation for a short while after the latest 11 o'clock news. 9 after 11 o'clock, welcome to the third and final hour of the show. Of course, we're going to be concluding with our conversation from uh, the previous hour, focusing on um, women in politics and, and in particular, this question around representation and what are the challenges that women face when it comes to representation. Mandisa Mashego, Nomsa Makesi and Kanita Hunter are our guests for this conversation. Also dialing in um, towards the end, Siviwe Kwahube, who is um, the DA Chief Whip in Parliament. So, were, b- before I let you go, right, I just wanted to get your perspective, um, especially sort of being a, a young black woman that has also had the opportunity of being able to rise to what would be considered the top and key leadership uh, positions in, in your organization. What would you say one of the biggest challenges you, you faced has been, uh, particularly in being able to get there?
7: Thanks, Cathy. I think, uh, I mean, as, as I said, there are many barriers of entry for, for many women in, in the political system and, um, and, and, you know, being able to get there also, you know, speaks to your talent and your te- tenacity. But at the same time, I, I don't think that we should ever think that our work is done when we are one of few. Um, and so I think for me, what has been the most jarring, I suppose, has been, I think, the, the lack of camaraderie that I thought I would have, um, in parliament across party political lines. I've always believed, and I think perhaps naively, that there have issues that we, um, as women across different political lines can agree on. Issues that, you know, that transcend, uh, party politics. And, uh, and I knew that there were, you know, uh, formations like the multi-party caucus, all of these things that I thought were going to be vibrant space so we could be really, you know, uh, championing the cause of women, I think, in the institution. And that, for me, was a bit of a, a letdown and a little bit of a disappointment because I thought, you know, we would be stronger if we were to be able to tap on each other across party political lines because there are things, like, as I mentioned, issues around childcare, issues around Making sure the sexual harassment policies in Parliament. These are things that have nothing to do with what kind of t-shirt or colour t-shirt you wear. So I was, it, that was a little bit jarring for me. Um, and 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 this but then the last thing I think also, Cathy, that I, I wanted to say that most people would say, you know, this conversation is about women want to be part of the conversation and they want, you know, a seat at the table. You know, to look good so that it looks represent in, representative. The room looks representative. But I can tell you that the impact of having women in leadership positions, in rooms, in organizations, changes the culture in many ways. Not because they get there to, you know, be the mother of the company or be the mother of the political party, but because of the diversity of insight, they automatically become a very different way of talking to people, of negotiating. I was recently part of the multi-party charter negotiations a couple of weeks ago, and I can tell you, as one of only two women in the room, that the impact of them, us two being in that room automatically changes the way in which even some of those party leaders, those men, were interacting with each other, and how even commonalities were reached quicker, because you are able to remove the thing of male egos and really stick to rationality. So I think arguing for the representation of women is not a nice to have, it's an imperative.
1: Sivihwe, thank you so much for your contribution uh, to this conversation and and for calling in on this issue. Really appreciate your insights here. Nomsa, let me come to you and also give you a chance perhaps to add your concluding remarks.
3: Uh, It's actually very interesting that um, Sivihwe has mentioned toxicity. And it is the toxicity that has driven people like myself and many black women within the Democratic Alliance and even pushed them further out of politics. And she also further talks about, you know, the Women's League uh, when the DA has dawn and day for youth. As a result, we reject this approach because we have seen that it doesn't work. And I'm glad that she agrees with that, to say that women have to be uh, in the center of discussion in every decision-making platform. Even parliament has a women's parliament. That is a mere formality, which is not funded, has no power, and it is not even taken seriously within parliament. So we believe that those kind of systems, they don't work because they separate women and they marginalize women so we need to ensure that not only we you know we have one uh woman that is leading as as you are seeing in the Democratic alliance we have seen many many there are many talented women that have left the Democratic alliance so it is superficial it becomes superficial it literally is as if you know, the life um, uh, process or even your contribution is is as, as short as it can be for the period of time that you are there and to be utilized for that particular use, and then you are discarded. That is a picture that we are seeing across political parties, and especially from the one that I come from. And we need to be able to say, how do we make sure, that women are just not used as tokens, that they come in as strong as they are. I mean, I have high regard of, of C. Um, I think she's a very capable woman. And there are many who have come and gone, who are just as capable, but because at some stage they start to raise their voice and they start to disagree with certain issues and policies, then automatically they are being um, taken out right. and pushed out within the politics
1: Thank all right you. nomsa thanks thanks for that contribution kanita um your responses perhaps to uh you know how the conversation has unfolded since we last heard from you and and your concluding remarks
4: i am just so excited um by by this conversation and and really uh happy that there's some sort of um agreement between all of us from the different spaces that uh we, we we operate in a world that has not been designed for us and that um number one and number two is that the days of um you know this this courtesy uh, quota filling of women uh, has brought us nowhere and thirdly um that you have powerful strong women already doing the work in these spaces despite all of the challenges that they face um, and so for me to my fellow panellists and to you Cathy I think that um, we deserve this moment to just um, appreciate that despite everything we are still making change in the way that we are we are still um, doing the work, fighting the fight um, and, and and for that we need to just appreciate uh, our tenacity
1: mm. and, and it's such an important point that you're making there because you're drawing us back uh, to the fact that the women that we've heard and often the women that we see represented in some of these uh, spaces are the exception they're not the rule and just to be there means there's so much that needed to be overcome and really the the, the goal should be how do we make sure that more women are able to to get that access? Mandisa, I'll give you the final shot on this one.
2: Thanks. That's exactly what uh, I think Juanita was talking about earlier. And I had also alluded to it, that representation and that uh, uh, that facade of creating representation. Just, I have a very big problem with representation because it is it is representation based on whose determination of what are you representing for who. The problem is that the corruption of the government system put together with the economic, you know, at whether micro, macro level system that governs our countries, our so-called sovereignties, are exactly stemming from a patriarchal domination perspective. And it has been designed like that throughout the colonial era. And our job, and I think we're having the wrong conversation, is how to change that. And representation is not going to change that. You're always going to be a token. You're there to represent women because men feel like, listen, you're not there digging the gold. Of course, we know there are women miners and all of that. I'm talking about the owners of those entities. You're not digging up the minerals, manufacturing the goods, putting them into the market. You're just in between washing our dishes, making life good for us, and making babies for us. And now that we're allowing you to have jobs, we are allowing you to have jobs in the corporate space. And you can be a CEO now, but listen, that's just to manage, you know, the whole of society to say that we're making progress. If we want real change as women for ourselves, we need to go and get that change. We need to create that change. Women are not going to, to survive in any political environment in South Africa. And I think I said this the same thing last year. We were talking about Dr. Mm -hmm. Makosikos at the time. And I said, yes, every woman must actually change parties so that political parties in the political space don't stay in one party. That will show you the uniformity of this whole nonsense. Majority of the time, why women, you know, we fail to get our own power and secure it, is because the whole power base is determined by men, whether they are black, white, Indian or colored, is determined by men. And men know the rules. It's violence and corruption. So when you go into the political space, why are people in the political spaces through party lists? Because electoral act electoral access. So, and that's unconstitutional. We go and fight it in, in the courts. They come back and produce an even more um, unequal uh, bill than the one before. But the whole reason they go to parliament is to preside over lawmaking. Because if you provi- preside over lawmaking, lawmaking, that's where you now start to engage with economic power spaces, because it's big business, largely, that decides which law South Africa must have, not the citizens. And once you're in that space, you're now talking money and resources. I always make the example of chefs. Uh, Cooking is a woman's job until there's a salary for it, right? So I think Juanita made reference to that, and also Nomsa made reference to that. So as women, we do not understand how the economic power spaces work, and therefore we allow men to do this exceptionalism thing that Juanita was talking about with us, to say, listen, guys, we're going to handpick a woman that we think is okay because nobody wants an ungovernable woman, right? Even women don't want ungovernable women. So we, unfortunately, are not going to get out of this scot-free or rather in an easy way. We're going to get out of this only once we have fully, fully understood how power works, right? And we stop interpreting power from a masculine perspective from a domination perspective we understand power as just power and it has no gender and how do you go and get it you must have your own money you must have economic sectors that you're governing you must have social spaces that you're in charge of you must be able to determine what is meritocracy right and you must be able to jump out of i'm going to represent women there no you're going to represent the power of women and how that works Mandisa, we're going to have to leave it there. A big thank you
1: to all of our contributors for this morning. We're taking a quick break. When we come back, the American dream is still alive.